Hey everyone, you're listening to Is, Is It That, that Deep though? though? Hi everybody, I'm Joy. I live in Austin. I'm a best friend. I'm a pet owner. I'm uh, almost 30. If I ever get uh, brought up on tweets on oh anything, I have honestly, if somebody said this you or but look what you said here, I would probably say, oh yeah, that was me. I was wrong. <laughs> Why doesn't anybody just say that? Huh? What? I have not heard the word simple plan in like 11 years, I'm sure. Yo, they were lit. And I'm Cynthia. I am a PhD candidate in clinical psychology and I'm in my last year. I'll just say one thing. I remember in 2018, I tweeted, the baby deserves to be tall. I had to go and delete that tweet because I cannot have that tied to my legacy that I was on the wrong side of history. If you like shake a bottle of Coke, and then you untwist it and it explodes, right? Everything will come out, but it's going to dissipate eventually. It's not gonna to continue to explode like that for the rest of time. Emotions are like that too. So you should feel them and then just kind of let them pass through you. I don't even know, can I even say it? It's like, yeah, you know, I got her something. <laughs> Hey everybody, you are listening to episode seven of Is It That Deep Though with Joy and Cynthia. I hope my mic is working. <laughs> we record through Zoom, so there is no way for me to know until I'm editing. <laughs> I know. It's I almost so... want to like turn it down. <laughs> it's like we're like on the edge of the volcano during Pompeii. Just one slight thing could take it all down. You're smarter than me. I don't know what that means. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, right, Pompeii? That's, a, that's that song by Bastille, right? Oh my God. <laughs> hey, oh, hey, oh. <laughs> wow, that was what, for me, that was junior year of college in a nutshell. I, that, yeah, that was definitely like freshman, sophomore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You close your eyes. Thank that God for and, better um, taste. We thank God for Jesus. I know, for that. <laughs> honestly. That's my favorite black phrase, black church phrase. We thank God just, for Jesus. I just want to thank God for Jesus. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> it means the same thing as like, I've gotten to the age that every time I sit down, I say, oh, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Praise Even, the Lord. I feel like if you want to sound like a pastor, when you say Jesus, you have to put your lips to the mic. <laughs> Did you, did you ever have one of those uh pastors or reverends or deacons who would speak close to the mic put <laughs> their like lips on the mic and like you could hear everything going on in their mouth while they're talking and i'm like can you just back back off like <laughs> every enzyme in their mouth breaking down everything. <laughs> what are you doing cool. Bye -bye. cool how was your week how was your week my week, my week's been pretty good. I started watching a new TV show and I haven't gotten into a show in a long time. I've just been watching old shows and like reality trash. Okay, so, what is this show? So it's called Squid Game. Oh my God. Have you seen it? No. Okay. <laughs> I've heard people talking. My friend just recommended it. You've been watching it alone? Yeah. Isn't Do it scary? It's scary. It's scary. And I don't like, I'm a very scary person. I don't like scary shit at all. So I saw it was number one. I was like, okay, let me finally watch one of these popular shows. I started watching Narcos. I didn't get into it. I started watching something else that was like super popular. I was like, let me try give this a shot. It's good. It's like, it's dubbed because it's Korean. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the next time I watch it, I'll probably watch it with the subtitles because you can, it's a, it's a pretty good dubbing, but you can tell that it's dubbed, um, but it's still very good. 
really I've really heard good. that the story part of it is amazing like the background that's why I'm watching stories it. yeah that's why I want to watch it mm-hmm. but I've heard the murder Ooh, is- it is gruesome and I don't like but so anytime I know that something like that's gonna happen I close my eyes okay so you can tell when it's coming yeah especially as you you kind of know like how the show works and like do you know anything yeah. about the premise at all yeah but it's like poverty stricken Koreans who get uh they can play this game to win like a lot of money and they have a choice to like not do it mm-hmm. they get sent back after mm-hmm. they've now realized that they're gonna die mm-hmm. but they decide to go back because they need the money so bad yeah yeah that's like the whole yeah that's like the whole thing like they're <laughs> like that's yeah that's that's it yeah that's pretty much it so i'm only on episode two so i can't even speak as oh, like a shit. representative of whatever but it's it's good and i've gotten to the point where they had the option to leave so they left and then life was just so hard in the outside world they decide some of them decided to come back and actually play the game so they're back by choice wow so you're only on episode two and you're already like it's good it's like, good i haven't I gone like- that into a show and since i don't even know See, I was watching The Serpent on Netflix and oh. I'm almost done. It's just taking us a while to finish it just because by the time we're watching it, we're tired. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like the middle of the night. I was like, you want to just finish this? Like we uh, binge watched the first five episodes in one night. And then after that, it was like one Are episode these hour long episodes? Yeah, I think so. Damn. With Netflix, they don't really have a time constraint on episodes. Yeah, you're right. I think, yeah, it's like an hour long format. So it's good. Uh, It's a great story. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're into like true crime, because it's like a serial killer that really did exist. Mm -hmm. This is on Wiki page and everything. So it's a good show, but it's just taking us a while. And yeah, I was thinking about watching Squid Game. Squid Games? or Squid Squid Game. Squid Game. Squid Game. Yeah, so maybe we'll watch that next. Yeah. Um, it's a little scared. It's like, if you can, I close my eyes and close my ears so I don't hear the gunshots. Oh my God. <laughs> you're, okay, you're, just, you're a little OD with that. I am, <laughs> I am. Because I, I just don't want to hear it. You're like both of the, the monkey emojis where it's like the eyes. <laughs> at the same time, it's like, I can't do this. With me, I, I can hear what's happening. We watched Candy, I keep saying we, um, me and someone anyways we watched Candyman, and i definitely was like uh-uh something's off let me uh-uh. go ahead and come. it was scary a, yes it's a horror film oh yeah <laughs> the reboot is the one we watched with yaya yeah mateen the yeah. second is yeah. he is he junior so he has a kid huh if he's he does? the second then that means he has a kid because there's a third or he's a junior because why why, he doesn't go by junior it says two after his name maybe to sound more like official or whatever my brother's a junior but he could go by second if he wanted i guess no you can't you can't really i thought the rule is you're not the second until there's a third oh really i did not know that yeah there's no you're two when there's three but if there's no three then you're just junior wow okay yeah. Wow. And then like with rich white people, the, the third will be called like trip. <laughs> trip. <laughs> or, oh, true. I thought they called them Trey. Or is that everyone else? Oh, I mean, maybe that's the black version. <laughs> maybe it's a black version of Trey. <laughs> it's like, oh, so if you white and you the third, then you just go by trip because it sounds like very Hamptons. But it if does. You, if you're black, we call you Trey. Trey. <laughs> <laughs> that's Trey. 
Okay. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. Well. Yeah. Dang, I didn't know you had a kid. That's sad. So, oh, I, I mean, look, you didn't hear it from me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't. I didn't look it up. Uh, my week is. I was about to say fine. <laughs> I've been really stressed all week and very. Oh yeah, aggressive. no. But I'm coming Odyssey. down from that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking forward to things. I'm visiting my family next Wednesday. I just bought. Yeah. To, I just bought a ticket to go to New York for my birthday weekend. So I'm gonna nice. be visiting Brooklyn. My brother might even be coming. That's so cute. Yeah, that's gonna be so much fun. Like, yeah, we get along. We it's amazing being in your like adult years and your mm-hmm. youngest sibling is also an adult. Mm-hmm. So you're mm-hmm. like, we can plan stuff together. Like we can yeah. bring together, we could travel together. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I mean, hopefully he makes it. I never completely believe things until mm. they're like signed, sealed, and delivered. Right. I do have a couple things that I want to talk about today. Um, starting with pop culture. Um, I felt like you, like I couldn't really find anything really with pop culture. So I was just like, okay, well, let's see, let's let's go into it, I guess. The first thing that I did see that a lot of people were talking about is the fact that Porsche is leaving the Real Housewives in Atlanta. And is our resident RHOA correspondent. I just want to make sure we got your <laughs> voice and got your feedback and commentary about it. Yeah, I saw that was trending. I say mm-hmm. good riddance. Damn. I, don't, I don't I don't like Portia. I mm-hmm. mean, she was she I I used to like her. She's been entertaining in the past, but I, I can't feel bad that someone is leaving because they can't take the heat that was headed their way. Oh, we all know. Her? that she is engaged to a former cast member's ex-husband, but she got engaged to him while they were only separated. (laughs) Like you couldn't even wait for him to get divorced before you were like, we're dating y'all are, they got engaged after a month of dating while he was still married to her former castmate from that previous season. uh, Fallon, Fallon. Oh. He was like a friend of the show. So she yeah. wasn't like a huge member of the show, but it's like. But they knew each other. They were hanging out. Yeah. So it's like, you're that type of person who. I... Some of these women are so desperate for men that they will literally be like, they will change from, oh, I love my girls. I'm a girl's girl to, I don't know anyone, anything. And we were <laughs> never friends. And it's not my fault that you couldn't keep your man and that da 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 da. Like, I just hate, there's, I just really hate women who are so desperate mm. for marriage or to be mm-hmm. taken care of that they just like throw away all morals and all sense. And they're just like, well, we weren't friends and I don't owe you anything. And I just hate that, that phrase of, I don't owe anybody anything. I, I do owe you too. Anything. I do too, because I feel like that is not genuine. I don't think that really is getting at what you're trying to get at. Cause like, yeah, by right. A random person on the street, you don't owe them anything, but it's like, I only hear that coming from people who are like doing something and they're trying to justify what they're doing and not take accountability exactly from other people for doing it. It's like it's one of the ugliest things you can ever say. I uh, like there's no good way. If you ever say that you're in the wrong and you know right. it, like there's no reasonable or good reason to say, I don't owe anybody anything it's not about owing people it's about being a good person mm-hmm. be a good person like would you want someone to do that to you exactly no? then don't do it it's not about i don't owe her we're not friends 
It's about like, she's a woman, you're a woman. How would you feel mm-hmm. if you were going through a divorce and then your friend or coworker got engaged to your still husband? Right. I don't give a fuck that she's leaving. She just knew that she was going to come back and that Kenya was going to get in that ass and mm. never let her forget. Oh, you mean Fallon's husband? Oh, you mean Fallon's husband? Oh, your fiance, mm-hmm. AKA Fallon's husband. She knew it. She couldn't take it. So she quit. And I say, okay, then yeah. I mean, the show is pretty much dead now anyway. Like, yeah. Nini's gone. They just let go of Cynthia. Cynthia wasn't bringing anything to the show anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Portia's now gone. Who is Kenya going to fight with? <laughs> Nobody cares about candy. Like I'm not watching anymore, but I also stopped watching like halfway through the last season. So mm-hmm. it's just not good anymore. Do you Please. care that, that Miguel and his, his oh, wife Oh, you're up? right. Right, right. Do you That's care true. about that? I mean, not really. They were together for like 17 years or something. We got to talk about like when you need to know to just cut the cord. Oh, yes. Okay. They've been together since they were 18. Really? And then they were dating. They only got married like three years ago. I saw that. They were dating for 10 years. Yeah. Or something like that. 10 years. That's too long. That's too long. At that point, I feel like if we're dating for 10 years and marriage hasn't come up once, which I doubt that's the case. I'm sure someone brought it up in that whole time. In my head, he was probably like, when I get my career Mm. where I need it to be, then I'll be ready. I want to give you the wedding you deserve. I'm not, you know, because like they got married shortly after like Luke Skywalker and all that shit. So mm-hmm. to me, that's kind of his peak. Yeah. So maybe he was like, I will marry you when I feel like my career is at the right. When did Coco come out? He was on the soundtrack. Oh, that was <laughs> 20, <laughs> 2019. But he had been doing oh, stuff wait. before yeah. that, right? Yeah, Remember when he fell been- on that girl's neck? Oh, Wasn't that before? Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, he's been doing stuff, uh, but at my head, it's just like, what do these lame dudes be lying about? I know. I'm just not where I need to be yet. And that's when I'll... I also heard like uh, from a YouTube like blogger that he has like notoriously been cheating on her throughout the relationship. Oh, okay. There you go. That's it. So maybe she was like... No, in my head, I feel like she left. Usually when it's like this oh, long of a yeah. relationship, it's because the woman finally put her foot down. Like, I am not taking this anymore. Yeah. I think I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can go. But I don't care. Right. It's like, like I, I feel didn't... like she, she probably thought that once they got married, things would change. Mm, no. And he was probably like, no. Right. <laughs> she was like, well, then my ultimatum is if they don't, I'm leaving. And he was probably like, okay <laughs> bye bye it's like dang it took you this long that's what Ugh. sucks i could never date a celebrity man a no celebrity i couldn't man? i could never date a celebrity, a celebrity. Because, uh i feel like that's the energy you get from them you cannot tyrese's ex-wife said this about him wait which one the one who he called the black queen the, yeah i think the latest one <laughs> uh she yeah. was like it's hard to date a celebrity because there is no setting a boundary mm-hmm. or a telling them what they need to fix to make things work. Right. They know every second of every day that they could leave you and go and find somebody else and be just as happy mm-hmm. that they have many options. Mm-hmm. So you cannot comp, they won't compromise. Like you can't 
work with them, they won't work with you. So like, I would just assume that's what happened with Miguel is like the minute she finally put her foot down, he was like, no, I'm right. not, this is it. You can go. Right. That's, that would devastate me. Like, wow. I know. I know. And it's like that saying, like a man's only as faithful as his options. So if he has oh. options, it's like, why would you think? And it's like, uh, I mean, I guess that is true. It's just, it's so ugly. <laughs> like, why is that the case? But I think that's the case here. Also, I feel like the 10 year dating thing that just is, I can't, I but I can't. get it. Cause when you're 18, it's like, at what point are you even thinking about I need to be oh, married. I guess you're not yeah. you could easily be 18 and date someone for six years and not be married but it's like we're only 24 right yeah I guess so I feel like yeah because I actually do know someone who they dated their wife now since sophomore year of high school and they got married at how old are we in 29 why so I guess that you need to not do that. Stop committing to people you met in high school. <laughs> I feel like there must have been a break in between then or something. But I remember at the wedding, they were talking about like, yeah, they had pictures of them in high school, like when they were sophomores and stuff. I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, beautiful couple. But I was like, dang, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, no, I, me at almost 28, I'm not spending five years with someone without I know. the commitment required but that's because i'm 28 right exactly to, i don't oh. want to i'm not trying to be 38 like oh yes we're now engaged no there is nothing <laughs> of the sort that can never happen right like, but period. if we met at 18 then sure like why not right we don't need to get engaged till we're 28 but i also feel like they should have been dating other people oh she actually apparently this doesn't even matter <laughs> i'm already <laughs> like i'm gonna get the point where i'm like okay i'm i'm at i don't care anymore but she like said that they actually broke up at some point in their 20s and dated other people oh, okay and that she was really depressed dating him in her 20s because she didn't know who she was mm. but she had to focus on him and his dreams and his right. career and it's hard i mean i to this day i still don't know what she does i'm literally looking her up right now apparently she's a model and a life coach. Oh God. And um, a singer and a model. I mean, an actress. So she's a lot of different things. Oh, an I actress she's version. I don't know. I've actress where people love to say model actor. Right. And I'm like, where have you oh, acted? She was on That's So Raven. What did she do? Oh Psychic my God. Life I life know the episode. What episode was it? This is how crazy I used to. I used to watch that show so much. Dude. So the episode where make at, uh, Raven puts makeup on Eddie because he is a zit. Oh, okay. You don't remember that? He had a I date you, with and she put her. She, she put her head, He her, she put his head in the- In a blender water. with yeah. ice. Yeah, because he had a zit and she had a vision that this girl played by Nazanin Mandy was oh. going to like rub mustard off of his face and then look at his zit and be like, ew, gross. <gasps> How did you know that was her? Ah, uh, girl. I don't wow. even know. <laughs> I'm about to look this up so I can see what she looks I, like. I've watched the show so much that yeah, I love that I, That would have been her. Yeah, crazy. I guess before she met Miguel or right as she was dating him. She was Probably. On that Yo, wow, that is her. Yeah, and uh, you know what was kind of fucked up looking back at that episode is she wasn't grossed out by his zit. She was actually grossed out by the fact that he was wearing makeup to cover it up. Oh, yeah. I'm like, girl, it looked good, didn't it? 
Like, why are you hating? Like, I know. <laughs> Dang, I didn't even know. Dang, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, sorry to all involved. That's sad. But <laughs> moving on. Moving on. <laughs> so another thing, like this isn't a huge pop culture thing, but it's, I've just been seeing it so much. And you know, as the resident sports analysis, I'm just very into sports and things of that nature. I want to talk about the NBA. Wait, are you really into sports? No, I don't know anything about. It. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we have never talked about sports because I don't know shit. I don't know anything about. It. That's fine, but I do know that everyone should get vaccinated, and apparently, people in the NBA are not doing that. Specifically, some of the players. And I did look up the NBA vaccination rate is ninety five percent, which is good. WNBA is ninety nine percent, but it is now ninety five percent. Before it was less than that, and I think that a lot of there are players that have gone on, you know, record and being like, I'm not sharing my vaccination status. That's personal. That's HIPAA or some bullshit like that. It's gotten a lot of criticism and like, they've had to like have policies and stuff put in place to like basically for not force, but like, you know, have the vaccinated play vaccinated, the players become like vaccinated. And some of the rules are like, if you're unvaccinated, you can't eat in the same room with vaccinated teammates or staff. You have lockers that are as far away from vaccinated players as possible. They must stay masked, masked, and they must stay at least six feet away from all of their attendees at any team meeting. They're required to remain at their residence when they're in, at home. They have to get tested all the time. They can only leave if they can, if they should go and buy groceries, take their kids to school, blah, blah, blah. So all this is just to say, it's like, I just, I understand vaccine hesitancy just a little bit. I know the grapevine has an episode about it. I haven't watched it yet. Um, but to see some of these players like go up during their press conferences and they ask them about their vaccination status and then be like, well, you know, it's a personal opinion and that's a personal matter. And I just need to do the research. It's like, at what point will this end? Like how I don't like to see like, oh, so-and-so has not disclosed his vaccination status. Kyrie Irving has not disclosed his vaccination status. That means he has not been vaccinated. Like. It's so stupid. I just, I just love hearing the word research get involved every time. I know. I'm like, oh, research. Okay. Um, I thought they had to get vaccinated to play. I thought that was a requirement. I thought so too. And for the people who had access, like they were in that little bubble or whatever, they had access to rapid testing, all the bells and whistles, literally everything. And for some people to be like, yeah, I'm not doing that. HIPAA. It's like, shut up. But I don't know. Maybe some of them have life-threatening god forbid um but if they did they wouldn't be playing professional yeah basketball. i'm like no they're <laughs> in peak physical condition right? <laughs> the world's highest paid athletes <laughs> maybe he has diabetes and he- <laughs> if you have diabetes you're actually supposed to get the vaccine even more like, i know they, they, they let y'all cut the line right y'all, y'all are easily so i don't know anything about that child it's- i don't know anything about sports it's crazy no that's fair i was just like i just had to get this out because i was like this is ridiculous the one that is killing me is the Kyrie irving thing apparently he's the vice president of the union at the nba or whatever and he um basically he could miss all the home games because he plays for the nets um because he's not vaccinated and he has the goal to be like please respect my privacy you know, when reporters ask him, but they like did some, there's some of their own research on his Instagram and found that he's like, like post about like the vaccines are micro plant and like microchip implants as a part of the plan for Satan and all that type of stuff. And it's just like really accessed. 
wasn't there a thing where like one of the basketball players said like the earth is like uh flat or something yeah who was that was that also Kyrie Irving I think that was him oh my god I think that was him yes he is and the thing is that's crazy if you hear him talk without knowing the nonsense that's actually coming out he sounds intelligent like he speaks intelligently it's just really unfortunate (laughs) I've never heard him talk but I mean just that enough that should be enough to be like this guy really thought the earth was he went to school and he still did. in his 20s thought the earth was flat i don't want to hear anything else we got to stop asking these people what they think about the yes. what do i care what these people think about the fact what why do i care what jaw rule thinks about this uh, at a time like this that's <laughs> dave chappelle said like, <laughs> i don't want to dance <laughs> Oh, I just, I don't care. Like, hey, if he's allowed to not be vaccinated and he wants to take like five tests a day and like not be able to leave his house or hotel or whatever, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. Well, you Google Kyrie Irving. One of the first things is that is he mixed? I didn't know that. He's mixed. Anyway, <laughs> that's pretty much. And the only other thing <laughs> that I knew was really big, but I mean, like, we don't have to talk about it because I don't know much about it, is the R. Kelly situation and the fact that he was found guilty. <sighs> I don't want to talk about it, but I just know that that's another pop culture thing. I don't want to talk about it. That's fair. We don't have to talk about it. Just I don't. I don't have anything to say about that. Me either. Other. I don't even want to. You know. Yeah, I feel like number one thing that we talk shit about is like white people, and then number two is black men. So I'm because like, <laughs> I want to go in on how uh, I heard apparently certain people were sticking up for him, just saying it's unfortunate that you know what he did was a mistake or something. What? Yeah, and that um, you know, like. T.I.'s saying like Lil Boosie is like a pillar of the community or like the face of the culture. I'm I don't I don't want to talk about any of these people because I I don't want to highlight nonsense. That I just I feel like that (laughs) sentence was a sentence that someone said just to piss me off. Like it didn't really happen. They just said all the people that I hated and put them together to get a reaction out of me. It's just a word salad of hate. (laughs) What? Oh, Boosie is the pillar of the black community. (laughs) I, 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 I don't even, I don't, I don't, I don't. I can't what i don't, I don't okay. have anything else to say Some that stuff fair. is just so foolish it's like <laughs> let me just say the sentence and your mind can fill in the gaps of what exactly I'm, what i'm gonna say right so, that's all that it, there is be. <laughs> that's it and that's all <laughs> all right well, well that was great the- for a pop culture right exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's like we don't we don't care we don't care and we don't You're care like, Child, you want to talk about this? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Moving on. Um, the topic that I thought that would be interesting to talk about is parasocial relationships and how that's definitely impacted us as a culture, what it is, like our experience with it and how it can be harmful or maybe even helpful and things like that. So just from your experience, Joy, do you know what a parasocial relationship is? 
no, Cynthia, what is it? <laughs> it's like a training video. <laughs> like, this is what it is. So a parasocial relationship, which is a term that's gotten like super popular in the past like year, um, basically a one-sided relationship where one person extends like all of the, I'm literally doing the definition, all the emotional energy, all the time, all the interest, all the attention to another party, um, which is completely unaware of that person's existence. So we know that um, is something that's super common with like celebrity culture, fan culture. Yeah. I would even go as far as saying like even sports, like athletes, teams and stuff. Those are parasocial relationships because it's like you'll have someone who's like, oh, I'm a Broncos fan till I die. And they have it tattooed on their back and like all the stuff <laughs> sorry, <laughs> or whatever. And it's like none of the players give a fuck about who you are as a person. But you dedicated yeah. your whole life to that sport or that team. So I understand that more, though. Mm. because it's a sport you mm-hmm. it's literally like just can they pass the ball and like uh touchdown well <laughs> yes. i like they i love that i love their gameplay i'm mm-hmm. into that it has nothing to do with who they are as people or what they look mm. like it's literally just about stats right and things like that celebrity culture is worse because these people be talking <laughs> <laughs> They like always have something to say. And then it's also like, what are in their lyrics? Mm-hmm. Like what actual image are they promoting? Things like that, mm-hmm. that people are like, oh my God, I love her forever. Cause she wears cute clothes and <laughs> I like her song that she didn't write. And I'm like, this is a very stupid reason to like uh, be obsessed with someone. Right. But it is though, it is. And it, like what you just pointed out is something that's important like to differentiate between, I think there are definite, there, de- there are varying levels of parasocial relationships. And there is like the run of the mill, like, oh yeah, sports or things that you enjoy that you're a fan of and stuff. Um, and then there's like the extreme where we see that has been propagated in internet culture where people are like stands. And the only reason why they like this person is because of whatever music or how much money they have. It's a huge thing if they're rich and pretty that's the reason why they like them so and they much. I hate that so much. It's like, true. People who like are like uh, turned on or attracted to the image of wealth and money. Mm-hmm. I just talked about how that's why I watch Real Housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Me talking for 30 minutes like and they're not even rich. I want to <laughs> watch Rich Housewives and then 30 minutes later I hate people who are just attracted to images of wealth and money. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no I, I, I <laughs> duality. Um, right. I, I do not like. Yeah. No, I'll just stop. <laughs> no. Just stop. <laughs> no, that's but that's true. I think that's why it's just like super complex, right? Because it's something that I think we've also been kind of like conditioned to feel like it's something that we want to, um, because it's almost like duh, this celebrity, this influencer, this whoever is influencing all these people. There's no way they can know all of those people. So by right, the relationship is gonna be parasocial. There's no way they can know everyone. So it's inherently that way. But the thing that sucks about it is I think with time and maybe with the generations and internet culture, it seems like people think that they know people more and more and more as years pass. I don't think that people back in the day of like, I don't know, the Beatles, did they really think they knew John Lennon? Maybe, yeah. but I, but I don't know if like, it's the same way as it is now. It's different because people have definitely been, and I've been there where you're like, 
he's writing this song about me he knows my life he's like literally talks of strumming my pain with his finger <laughs> like, he's like oh my gosh you know everything about me because of the songs you write and it's like no he's never met you he's, he's never not about you. you at all like don't care yeah but now it's to the point where like you can literally follow them on social media mm -hmm. there's a lot of like tabloids and blogs that will tell you where they were eating who they're dating uh the clothing brands that they're wearing i don't know whatever like if, if you get too close where, yeah like, you could potentially start to feel like oh i basically know what they're like because i've read all of their tweets and watched mm -hmm. all of their interviews and i i see everything they do right right exactly and it's like you know something that you know some people will argue and be like well you know it's healthy right it's healthy to want to be able to make social connections with people that you enjoy even if you don't really know them so we're social beings you want to tie to them socially so that makes sense it would be weird if we only kind of like saw them in that capacity and didn't feel any desire to want to know more about them or get more you know establish any type of bond um, because we're people and they're people and people want bonds with people. The only thing that I think is making it really like worse is like the access that we have to these influencer celebrities and also to an extent, they're kind of access to us. It's not like we're like going into their like IP address and figuring out everything. Well, some people are, but like mm -hmm. they're tweeting all the time. They're Instagramming all the time. They're posting, 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 mm -hmm. and we're consuming, consuming, consuming. So it's like, I think in a way it's kind of also impacting these celebrities or influencers as well. And I, my first question was, have you ever had like a parasocial relationship with like a celebrity or like a famous person that comes to mind for you? John Mayer. Yeah. <laughs> Before I was completely uh, aware of the racist remarks, mm -hmm. um, I was like, his music is my life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's per he's so amazing. And like, I don't think this is before social media though. So like mm -hmm. I never followed him on like Twitter or Instagram. And by the time social media was around, I was in the jealous part of the phase where it's mm -hmm. like, I don't want to see him with any other bitches. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> not bitches. Where <laughs> <laughs> you're like, mm he's with this hoe like no. i hate this bitch <laughs> but uh yeah no i was very much into his music i don't think i ever crossed over into like the stan because i've never been to the level of like these Nicki minaj stands like mm -hmm. that's the number one thing i thing i think of when i think of parasocial paris hilton paranormal <laughs> paranormal <TV. laughs> yeah parasocial <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, what is it going in? Very social Yeah, I'm like, literally was going to say paranormal activity. <laughs> it might as well be that. Parasocial activity. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think, because uh, they're crazy. Mm -hmm. They literally think they know this woman's heart and that I know. they know everything. And even when facts are presented to them that she is awful or terrible or toxic or sometimes evil, because I feel like that victim harassment and threatening i think that's yes, evil that's it evil is. it that's is very evil so um 
I think that is to the level. I've never gone on the internet and defended John Mayer. I've never yeah. gotten in people's mentions and been like, you just jealous because he rich and you know, like he, <laughs> he plays guitar really well. You just hating on his skills. Like, no, I've never defended him in that way mm-hmm. or done anything real other than just really loved his music. And then, you know, think mm-hmm. I thought I was in love with him and <laughs> no, it's okay. I already know. <laughs> What I will say would be cringe times 12, so it's fine. Oh, you got to tell yours now. Who is your crush? Uh, Who is your, like, little, uh, I'm in love with him. You can't say Donald Glover because we've already been there. Damn, really? Okay, I would have said that. That's Exactly. You got to pick something more cringe. More cringe? Oh, God. I said John Mayer child. He's racist. (laughs) (laughs) He literally said, my dick does not turn on for black women (laughs) (laughs) he said my dick is a white supremacist and i'm not i'm not joking he literally said those exact words you're right uh, you gotta get as cringe as i just did oh god yeah and i don't know i mean it's not i would not i would say this was airing on the side of being a parasocial relationship but i did not think i knew these people I don't know if many people know know this, and I'm not even a fan of pop music like that, but I really did like One Direction when they were around. Oh my God. I know, <laughs> a lot. And it's like, I, I get the same reaction yeah. from everyone, which is the right reaction. I thought we were too old. We just missed that boat, I thought. We barely did, but I was hanging on for on the bumper. <laughs> I was hanging on. <laughs> I was like, wait up. <laughs> I'm sad. Oh I was, my god! I like that one song. Like that's what makes you beautiful. And then yeah. by the time the second single came out, I was like, "Child, I'm too old." No, <laughs> everybody was that. Kids. Everyone did that and closed the door. But I was like, "Oh, let me open it a little bit further." <laughs> Just get indonated. And I think it was because it was mainly because of social media, because it's like, "Oh, who are these people?" And you start oh, looking no. at Wikipedia. And you start looking at interviews and then you figure out, it's like, oh man, they're British? This was around the time of Tumblr, correct? It was around the time of Tumblr. So you get on Tumblr and it's just, you're just drowning in it. It was just so much. So yeah. And I think another thing is too, at the same time, because I was like in college, I worked at a, where did I work? A call center. And the girls who I worked at at this call center also were really into them as well. So they would, we would all talk about it. So you're constantly around people who are enjoying the same type of thing and i wasn't at the level of some of these people i mean i was bad but i wasn't like at that level because some of them were like oh yeah i know their blood types oh, like no. i know where you know well, the picture you, was taken did you own merch yeah oh girl as i was down bad i have never owned john mayer merchandise see Granted, that's why i was, I was fringe times 12 i was 14 when i was into him so i was right that's why I and that's why i was like I, anything i'm gonna say is gonna be worse just by yeah, virtue yeah. of my age I didn't so. have any money. So if I, <laughs> if I had my own money, I probably would have had a lot of his uh, things with his face or name on it. But in my head now, I'm like, if you buy the merch of, I know this, is, this doesn't even make any sense. I own band t-shirts. Right. But that's different. I feel like that's different than and like a boy band. <laughs> I mean, I mean, hmm. you got like, which was your favorite? Uh, let me guess. Zane. No, it was Niall. I like Snile. What? I know. I know. I'm laying it all on the table because I've been delivered. So this Sorry. is like my. Like, he was nobody's favorite. Like, no, he was some. And you know what's so funny? It was like <laughs> for the black girls, it was him and Zane. Those were the two. Some of them like Harry. None of them like the other two. See, Harry always stood out to me as like, 
he just had that thing. He's had that one no. thing. Like <laughs> no. he he was fine. Zane was fine too, but in like a douchebag kind of way. Like mm. you probably don't use Zane had anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> bleep that out. I'm gonna bleep that out. <laughs> I'm gonna bleep out what I said. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. No, that's okay. I'm I'm, I'm exposing my whole chest. <laughs> but yeah, I think that would just be the closest thing I would say to cringe parasocial relationships. But at least like I felt like I was of of theory of mind, of sound mind to recognize that like I don't know these people and I wasn't like contacting them on social media, which I think that's what some people Ooh. do now. I yeah I don't do that anymore. We went over that my story. Yeah, how I did that. <laughs> it's weird. I yeah I get cringy. I started to like BTS and then I stopped because some people that I work with were like, oh my gosh, we like K-pop too and we like BTS too. I realized, oh, you are not like mm. me though. Mm, like I, know. I just. I passively enjoy it. You are like, there's a virtual concert happening <laughs> this Saturday. Oh my gosh, did you see this picture that Ty Young took with this person? And oh, did you see the, 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 like little things that I'm like, girl, I don't follow them on social media. Like, I, don't, I don't actually know what their real names are either. <laughs> I don't know anything about them, but you know, like all the facts and that, yeah. is, that is scary. That's how it was with some of these people. And like a lot of the people after One Direction broke up or whatever, they transitioned onto K-pop. So they took that stand culture with them and became That's that. terrifying. Like, it's these, crazy. These girls be like, he was born this time at this time of night and he is a Leo. And that means he is very shy, but confident. And <laughs> do you notice how he always has his hands in his pockets? It's because he has a thing with his hands. He's very nervous. Like these were like, have you met him? Like, yeah, did he say that? Has he even said anything? <laughs> has he said anything? I don't know them, <laughs> but I feel like a lot of the times whenever I see them in things, like there's only one person who's speaking. So like, how do you know? So yeah, you're about the groups. Like there's usually just one. They're not asking them all. Are they asking them all? Quite? Again, I don't look at interviews for people anymore. Not in the past 10 years. Good. So like, I don't know what anybody is like. Oh, by the way, Gabrielle Union has a book coming out and that's why she was doing interviews. Oh, that's why <laughs> another book. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't remember what it's called. But it's, oh. <laughs> I just, I just, because I, I had to laugh because when I was listening to our episode back, and you're like, why is she doing interviews? And I'm like, child, I don't know. She's oh, just, no. She just likes to talk. <laughs> and it's like, no, she has a book. It's a purpose. So funny. Oh, my gosh. But like, I think kind of going back to with parasocial relationships, like, I feel like it's definitely become more exacerbated as of late because of social media, especially on social media. I think social media even encourages parasocial relationships because you have like followers and subscribers and like people are referring to you in YouTube videos like, hi guys, hi today, this is what happened today. How are y'all? Like almost being at making it like mm -hmm. super direct, even like on streaming, like you're able to like stream and like talk to people in the chat and it makes it seem like you know them, but you don't know them. You can literally go on Summer Walker's IG live and like she'll respond to your comments and it's almost like she's talking to you, but she's not. But I feel like mm -hmm. things like that will just make it seem like you, you know people more and I feel like that is kind of an almost a way that lends itself to becoming more harmful. Like yeah. when I think of back in the day when people would say things like, oh, this band saved my life, like Fall Out Boy saved my life or whatever. It's like, 
Okay, you really enjoyed the music. I'm glad they had a special place in your heart and they brought you through tough times. Now I feel like because of parasocial relationships, I people I think people really do think that some of these celebrities, influencers are like a part of their life, like a part, an integral part yeah. of their life. Well, that's different. I think that somebody's music could have saved your life or done something right. for you. Like when I was mm-hmm. into the read, when you put me onto the read, I was at such a low point in my life that I kind of, view it I you kind of sometimes think like it did save me in a sense like yeah it gave me what I needed and I desperately needed it so like it was mm-hmm. great and yeah I mean I probably went through the phase of feeling like oh I know them I know Crystal I know Kid Fury oh because it's a podcast where they are best friends and you feel like you're an extension of them mm-hmm but I mean I I don't know also does Summer Walker have stands because I mean, I don't know. I just, I just brought her up. But to me, she is like the most polarizing person. Oh, I was going to say she's like one of the most average looking celebrities. Oh, okay. Maybe I should have brought up like, I don't know. She's also not like a great person. I don't know. I I feel like it's hard to imagine somebody like being like, I know Summer. I know everything about her and I'm going to defend her till the day I die. Oh, you're right. I I should have said like Nikki. Yeah, it happens more with like people that are a little bit more magical mm-hmm. <laughs> in their appearance appearance or like their careers. That's what makes people feel so like, whoa. That's why boy bands have that because it's mm. like they're so stylized and their music is specifically like, girl, I love you forever. You don't know you're beautiful because you are the, the like things That's like exactly like, how the song goes. <laughs> lyrics that are supposed to be like as long as you love me like I love you you are the girl for me so that you listen and you're like this really beautiful gorgeous young man my direct perfect hair and clothes thinks in a great singing voice he loves me he said it and I don't think Summer Walker is doing that for anybody (laughs) she looks a mess half the time on Instagram live from what I've seen so Definitely not her. Maybe Nikki or someone else who's like, who gets that type of reaction from people and people really bend over backwards to defend them. But I don't, I wonder, maybe someone could argue against it, but I don't know if people have true parasocial relationships with Beyonce. I feel like people do, are incredible fans of her, stands even. But does anyone really think like, I know Beyonce better than, I know why she did that. Like, I don't see that with her as I do with someone like, someone in BTS or something like that. Yeah, okay. Well, BTS has the most ridiculous fan base ever because their fan base is mostly little girls and like mm. young women who are desperate and lonely. But <laughs> uh-huh. Beyonce's fan base is not necessarily that. But I mean, definitely people who will be like, oh, Beyonce, as if Beyonce would ever work with this person. Yeah, mm. Look at this picture, Beyonce. You know, she was thinking XYZ. Oh, Beyonce. Right, because I've done that. You know, like, <laughs> Things like that, even like, you know, just we all kind of do that with celebrities that we really like. We're like, as if she would ever work with her. She probably was like, girl, please. She probably (laughs) all this stuff. But I mean, I guess that is different than what you're saying, which is, do you feel like you know her? Like you have some sort of relationship with her. I would say, I think most of the beehive knows that there is a big distance (laughs) Yeah, Beyonce. by design. <laughs> they by don't design. feel like they know Beyonce. Beyonce has been really good about like, y'all don't know anything about me. <laughs> right. 
Right. And I, I think that brings me to my next question too. Like, is this something that we should kind of try to distance ourselves from with respect to like these paraso- parasocial relationships? Cause I feel it can have an impact on your mental health, especially if you think, you know, some of these people, an example I think of is like when I was in high school and early college, mainly high school, I was really into YouTube. Like I watched YouTube videos all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was back then when like people literally just made three or four minute YouTube videos, just talking about something like it wasn't the 10 minute videos or the 45 minute commentary. It was just people talking and there was story time. I went to the store even before that. Like, Um. I don't know how to explain it. It was like in 2008, 2009, 2010 YouTube, like people would talk and there was like a, there was like three groups of like famous YouTubers. There were the Asian YouTubers. There was like a handful of them. They're super popular. Then there were gay YouTubers and there was a handful of them. They're super popular. And then there were British ones. And like they were categories like categorized like that as if there were no intersecting identities, like you couldn't be gay, Asian and British, but (laughs) they were like separate groups. And amongst like the Asian YouTubers, it was like Kev Jumba and like people like that. And then the gay gay YouTubers, it was like what the buck and people. These are all old names that nobody knows anymore because it was like almost 15 years ago. But among the British YouTubers, there's one British YouTuber who literally would just he was like a British YouTuber who was like a nerd and like to talk about pokemon and other stuff it sounds super lame but if you're like 15 and you like british culture you would watch these videos and people would get very very close to him and like get very attached and just by virtue of being like oh this is a guy who's pretty cool and he's nerdy and he makes these youtube videos and it's 2010 and like why not watch him and stuff and i think he created this idealized image of himself because all you know about him are these three minute videos and you subscribe to his youtube channel and things like that it got to a point where it came, it turned out that he was meeting fans at like the first VidCon and all that stuff, like YouTube conventions and stuff in the US and in the UK, underage fans and was assaulting them. And people didn't know that that was something that he was doing all these years. But when it came out that he did do that, a lot of his like he lost his YouTube partnership, like he lost a lot of part like um, what's the word? sponsorships and like all the people who he associated with kind of like distance himself. And a lot of people just were like, yeah, we do not, you know, we don't rock with that at all. He was basically exiled and I haven't even heard from him anymore. And I feel like that was the first time I realized like, wow, like there are people who really thought they knew who this guy was. And then when this came out that that was what he was doing, it's like, oh, we don't know these people at all. And a lot of people like had like all these like blog posts and stuff about like the truth about his name was Alex Day, Alex Day. And I thought I knew him and stuff. And I remember thinking back then, it's like, how didn't you know who he was based on like his YouTube channel and stuff? And I was like, you know, 17 at the time. So only now I'm like, wow, even I could recognize back then, but I'm it like fucked up a lot of people. And it's something that can have an impact on your mental health. Yeah. So I don't know if any of that can change in the future. Probably not the way that the you know, the internet is just this giant train moving at a hundred miles per hour and never going to stop. Right. But- well, I'll say that that could have been somebody you knew too. Like, I mean, mm, isn't that what right. happens all the time? Like with the me too movement or something like some woman will say he assaulted me or he sexually harassed me. And another woman will say, I know him. Mm. I have a great friendship with him. He would never do that. Right. Like literally Lena Dunham did that to like mm-hmm. this writer from girls. Like, yeah, we, we think it's great to believe women, but in this case, we know him. So no, he would never do that. Like whether you know someone personally or not, there's always, a, not always, but there can be a dark side to some people that you are just never going to see or know. 
So right. I, I won't ever be like, I mean, I don't, it could have, even if they knew him, like they, people who knew him probably didn't know that he was capable of doing that. Mm. Um, when it comes to that though, it sounds like when your brand is, this is me, it's my curated personality. Mm-hmm. Then of course people are going to be like, oh my gosh, he is so cool and so funny. And he is such a dork. And I do know him. He is like a friend of mine. We have so much in common. He makes jokes that I would make. He likes what I like. You know, a lot of these YouTubers are so popular because it's like their personality shines through and it feels like a real person that you would know, a real Mm -hmm. brand. And especially when they're like doing story times and like talking about their lives, like it does for young people who do fall in this like uh, loop wormhole wormhole of wormhole. Like, <laughs> yeah loophole wormhole of like watching youtube videos all night and like really getting obsessive like i feel like teens are just obsessive people like mm. we teens do not know who they are so they're always trying to cling to stuff right who like that they that resonates with them because they don't know who they are so mm-hmm. that stuff matters even more to them mm-hmm. uh so yeah i could see how especially if he had a young following how people would be like oh my god i know him and he's like right yeah exactly you can make so much money off of people once once they think you're a cool person right and that's what happened and i think like now with everything going on with social media and stuff it lends itself to that even more so i think like at the end of the day it's just something to wait side note i realize i say at the end of the day so much i did not realize (laughs) i was listening back to these episodes i'm like damn how many ends of the days is it there's only one day but I, at the end of the day, I've noticed you say that much. Really? You're probably going to notice it now. Yeah. I didn't realize until very recently. But again, at the end of the day, this is something that I think just people be aware of. Like, you don't know these people, really. Like, it's good to be fans and to have, you know, people who you enjoy and you're entertained by them. But that's it. It is a parasocial relationship. It's a one-sided relationship. You know their entertainment. You know their content. Enjoy it. And just know that, like, cool. And just leave it at that. Like, it's great to, sometimes it's fun to have like, oh, I'm a little stan or whatever. Um, But just don't let it cut to a point where it's all consuming. So my mental health tip has to do with fighting fair. Come on, scratchy voice. I know. It's like, wow, okay. (laughs) I'm on, sexy, uh, smoky. uh... (laughs) It's like someone has rice in their throat. So just finish eating rice. So African of you to say. Right. It's not, not like you just finished eating some rice. <laughs> you would you won't get that if you're not Nigerian. I feel like people be like, why would you be eating rice? Rice 24-7-365. Oh my hey, god. Rice Because so I look like I eat rice every day, but I love you rice. that jollof rice life. <laughs> jollof life. Jollof life. <laughs> you know they sell jollof rice at Trader Joe's. Did you see that? Girl, get yes. away from me with this Apollo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't it's like, like it's like in an uncle ben's like packet so it's like instant rice so you put it on and you add water and you heat it up and it's like jollof i don't want it i don't I, want it i was like wow i've never i saw it the other day i was like dang i thought i only saw this online but anyway it's disgusting i've already decided but now i've cleared the rice in my throat i want to talk <laughs> about fair fighting um in relationships and not like just like actual fighting but that's a concept that comes out of like couples therapy which can be used to just manage conflict and communicate effectively with anybody who you know because a lot of the times we talk about you know um 
what can you can do on yourself and self-work for anxiety and depression. But, you know, we don't live on our own. We always interact with people. And sometimes it's just really hard to have effective communication with people, whether it's like your parents or your friends or your family members or whatever. And like, I just want to say and validate the fact that it's very normal to have arguments and to get in conflicts with people. In fact, conflicts are actually good because no one, you're never going to agree with everyone all the time. And you can help people like work together to solve an issue And, you know, if you can do so in a positive way and find solutions, you know, your relationship can be stronger after having a conflict because you've kind of been able to like move over that boundary. It's only when they blow out of proportion that they they can become like problematic and painful. And in order to kind of prevent that or limit the likelihood of that, um, there are different things that you can do to make sure that there are fair fighting rules whenever you have a conflict with someone. And fair fighting is basically a collection of rules that individuals can use to manage conflict effectively it allows people to proactively express their needs, manage strong emotions, and work collaboratively with the other person to solve and find solutions. Um, so they're all like very straightforward, but sometimes we don't really think about it in the moment because you know you're so angry that you start you're emotional. Yeah, you're emotional. Yeah, you start blaming people, or you use bad timing, or you make impossible demands. You conflate multiple problems together. You insult them. All that stuff is not helpful. Um, And those are unfair patterns because that kind of puts yourself in a position to automatically put the other person on a defense mode. So some of the more fair fighting skills that you can do are making sure that you give time and listen. So to resolve a conflict, like have both people, they need time to express how they feel. So give them enough time. Like don't try to address it immediately in that moment, especially if you haven't processed it, let it marinate, kind of have an idea of what you're going to say to that person. And just give time to listen, be respectful, don't make threats, try not to mind read. So don't assume what you, that you know what the other person is going to say. Ask open-ended questions. I mean, like, what are you thinking? Like, that's fine to say so that you can kind of get what they're coming from. And then also be specific about what's bothering you. Because a lot of the times we can be vague because either we don't really know or it's just like, oh, well, they should know anyway. It's like, no, tell them what it is that's bothering you so they can address it. And don't be shy about your feelings, like express them directly, um, not, you know, yell and try to lower your volume and like, don't play games, which kind of goes into like the conflating multiple problems or insulting someone like, you know, treat the person as respectfully as you can and be just, and be clear and honest about what you need from them. Um, like this, and don't use things like the silent treatment or like, threatening them um and then sometimes let's, let's breaks up some of this yeah we, oh, it's we a, just got a lot of information at once. oh you're right <laughs> i wanted to say one conflict scares me i hate that it, it does something like a weird thing in my chest like if i feel like i might have to argue with someone or that me and someone are just like not seeing eye to eye as something i'm already like like chest is like uncomfortable like heart attack or anxiety attack issues yeah i think the first thing that came to mind when you were talking about fighting fair and mm. you know the, that the point is basically like if you can focus on resolution like the point is how can we get through this not how can I be right or how can I be angry there was like a video of a girl somewhere I feel like anyways there are people who are literally like I fight to win like if oh, you yeah. fight with me if we argue I hit below the belt I want mm-hmm. to like I, if you say something that hurts my feelings or that I feel is disrespectful, then my goal is to hurt you worse. And that shit is so scary. <laughs> like uh-huh. that people exist like that, who are like, I am fighting with someone I love, but I still want to hurt them. 
Right. And I think it is really important to just, I, I, I don't fight a lot, but when I do with people that I love, I mean, I wouldn't even fight someone I didn't care about, but the whole point is let's, can we get through this? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to yell at you. I don't want, it's not about being right or wrong. It's about, can I see your perspective and can you see mine? Right. Exactly. Cause sometimes when people are like, well, if you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you even more. So don't even try it. That's protective. It's like, I'm protecting myself um, and doing that. And that's not effective. That's a trauma response or something. Mm-hmm. Like just somebody who's been like so badly wounded that they're like, I got to get you before you get me. Right. Or something like I mean, if you're, if you're feeling like that, you shouldn't even be dating someone. You need to be in therapy. Like right. this it's- isn't just dating fighting, right? This is like fighting with your friends or with your family. Yeah. But even still then, like, if that's the case, and if you feel like that at the, I think at the root of that is like, I don't trust people to hold my emotions and take care of them. So before they can even hurt me, which is another emotion, I'm going to hurt them tenfold because I don't trust you. Yeah. That just, again, reminds me of like the alleyway dog, Mm. the shaggy dog in the alleyway. who has been so hurt that he's like, like, you can't even pet him because he's like, don't trust anybody. Like I'm ready to go at any time. Like, yeah, it's just crazy. And you were giving some really good tips about like what you shouldn't do. And like, what did you repeat the last few again? Yeah, definitely. Cause I was going guns a blazing. So <laughs> she let the chopper sing on those tips. She's like, rah, rah. <laughs> like, don't make this, <laughs> but, but the main ones um, that I talked about at the end, where, you know, not trying to play games. So just making sure that whenever you're describing how you feel and addressing a conflict with someone, don't threaten them being like, well, if you don't respond to this demand, I'm out or give them the silent treatment. That's the worst. I cannot stand Mm. silent treatment. I do think the silent treatment is different than taking a break or pausing to process, because if you're mad at someone and it needs to be addressed and be like, Hey, I need to process this you know, so I can take some time and say what I want to say in an effective way. So let's pause. It's important Uh, to communicate that you are taking some time to process and not just doing it, especially people who are like, I know that I can get really angry. So I don't even want to say anything else right now. Mm -hmm. Let me just walk away and calm down. Right. Or whatever. Yanla said that silence is violence. Like Mm -hmm. when you give someone the silent treatment, that is violence. I love it when she tells people they're being violent. Yes, (laughs) it is. It is so like, wait, I'm trying not to start issues. That's why I was ignoring her. She's like, that's violence. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm not trying to make this a gender. Actually, I'm not even even say that. I just know that whenever I've seen, I've taken one family therapy class. It's not like I know everything. But I find that sometimes people do walk away and just are completely silent to be like, I want her to chill out because she's acting crazy. It's like, or I want him to chill out because he's acting crazy. It's like, communicate that with him. Like, I am going to take a pause and just like take a break so that I can calm down. And then you can also and give you the opportunity to calm down. And that kind of goes back to using I statements. Everybody knows about that. But like, mm-hmm. don't immediately being like, well, you need to do this or like, this is because of you. It's like, no, I'm going to do this. And I want to give you the same opportunity to do that as well. I was talking to a parent in um, session and, you know, have to, so I won't, of course, give anything, but this parent is not familiar with effective communication strategy. So I was giving her psychoeducation on how to deal with her daughter, who she perceives is manipulating her and lying to her about everything. But in reality, she doesn't give the daughter an opportunity to share how she feels. 
and share her perspective. Mm. So when the daughter says, I don't want to do this. And mom is like, well, you don't want to do this because they did this, this, and you're ruining my life. I am like, okay, pause mom. Where were you coming from when you said that? And I wonder if it like, I'm curious if that was the most effective way to say that. And she's like, oh no, it's not. It's like, okay, I'm curious if this might've been more helpful. I feel like this and I'm doing this because I care about you. I want to give you the opportunity to share how you feel. And that just eradicates all the tension and all the anger that's in the space mm-hmm. in that moment and things like that. So that just is helpful in thinking about how can we effectively communicate stuff with right. people? It's literally just about where are you coming from? Like, Mm -hmm. are you coming from a place of, I love this person and I want to understand, I don't want problems. Right. My goal is to just get through this. So I'm going to speak in a way that will help us do that. Or are you just coming from ego and like anger and, oh, I feel insulted. I'm taking this personally. So I need to come back at you. It's if you're coming from that, like that never solves anything. Like, do you ever fight with someone and that, helped or like that was good and I just don't like the confrontation and anger like I really hate those so like I hate hate (laughs) I hate anger I I just don't I don't fuck with those they really fuck up my spirit so I like (laughs) I'm always trying to be calm and work things out and discuss things with other people as well just to be like give other people who are objective in the situation chances to be like, oh, well, you just took that the wrong way. Or like, mm-hmm. oh, you don't know what kind of day this person was having. Or you did kind of like, sounds like you did kind of like rush the, gu- jump the gun on that. Like, I don't know. I'm always just trying to forward things in a positive way and not mm-hmm. make things worse. Right, exactly. And I feel like I have always been the type of person who didn't like confrontation and still, until I started doing therapy, where I, not, I don't like confrontation, but I'm not afraid of it anymore because of these skills. Um, because these skills having been trained in them, it's like, okay, even when I don't agree with a patient or their parent mainly, I like initially would like break down and be like really upset, like, oh shoot. But now I'm just like, no, I'm gonna use the same skills and model what I'm trying to get the patient's parent to do too. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna use I statements when I'm talking to them, when they're talking crazy to me about their kid. Or I'm going to make sure I'm not going to assume what they're thinking and I'm going to verbalize everything I'm saying to model to them, don't do this with your child. Um, so like when, once you know some of these effective skills, it can be helpful. So if you do get in the position to be in a confrontation, you know, it's not as nerve wracking. Hopefully the other person will be receptive to it, but that's a whole other thing. They may not, and they may still want to fight. And that's how you know that they need to go. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to fight. Will, I read this thing, or maybe I saw it on Red Table Talk, where, yeah, I think I- <laughs> The same I, thing at this <laughs> I read this article, or I just saw it on Red Table Talk. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was an episode of Red Table Talk where Will was, like, talking to Jada, and he was like, remember at this one, like, dinner party we were at, where, like, I was talking, and you said something like, shut the fuck up in front of everybody and I took you to the side and I said if you you cannot raise your voice to me and you cannot talk to me like that Mm. if you do that will be the end of this relationship because he was like I grew up in an abusive environment Mm -hmm. where his like his dad was an alcoholic Mm -hmm. and conflict and yelling and screaming a lot so he very much was like if we need to take time apart from each other, we can do that. You like, and from then on, they just learned like sometimes when they argue or they're going to fight, it's like, 
okay, I have to walk away. I need time. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. too upset to talk right now or whatever. But they're what they're never going to do is like attack each other, call each other names or raise their voices. Oh, yeah. And I remember hearing that like, that is me. <laughs> that yeah. is me. We will not, you cannot yell at me. You cannot no. raise your voice in at me. public at that high. Definitely not in private either. Not in public, but not in private either. Yeah, no, you can't talk to me any kind of way. Like mm-hmm. it all needs to come from love and understanding. And if you need to take some time, take your time. But like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that to you either. So, right. But that's my deep thing. So um, rewind it because I gave a lot of information and <laughs> write that down. So it's hopefully, <laughs> hopefully helpful for y'all because- I would forget everything I just said in the span of like five minutes. So hopefully I feel like the point of these are that they like hit different people when they need it. Ah, Like somebody who's listening to that, when you introduce the topic, fair fighting will be like, that is an issue I've been having lately or whatever. Or if they replay, go back and listen to these, maybe it'll hit them later or whatever. And then they're like, Okay, what is her point? And most of what you're saying is pretty intuitive. Right. It's a lot of common sense. We you just don't do it. You shouldn't have to write down, like, don't threaten. <laughs> 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 don't threaten and give ultimatums and, like, come from a place of... But, I mean, sometimes you do need to write shit down. Mm. Um, my deep think this week, so... Big Brother season 23 just crowded. Oh, right. I almost wrote that down as something to talk yeah, about. Th- great. I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they just crowned their first Black winner. And I want to say that it's so funny. I was going to watch this season anyway. I started watching it. After episode one, I was like, they are going to eliminate all the Black people. I don't even want to watch anymore. <laughs> Because watching these game shows, it always goes like that, whether it's conscious or unconscious, subconscious bias, like the black people always get voted off the quickest. They're always the first to go, especially when there's a only especially specifically when there is a white majority. Granted, I don't think there was a white majority this season, and that's why it went the way it went. So this season is historic because it's the first time there's ever been a black winner in 20 years of Big Brother to an all black person alliance of six people mm-hmm. made it to the final six. They were called I've the seen that. they were called the cookout. Wow. <laughs> yes. From day one, one of them brought up the idea like I don't want to get any of the other black people out of here. Because mm-hmm. them knowing like this is the first season where Big Brother, CBS was like, we pledged that 50% of the people on this show will be people of color. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's and it's never happened before. Never. It's usually, the show is usually majority white and then like three minorities and maybe one of them is black, sometimes wow. two. It's very little. And then the white people vote them off so fucking quick. Like, mm-hmm. apparently there was a season, season 15 or 21 or something where there were like five people of color. And in the first four weeks, they voted off four of them. Wow. Yeah. And there have been complaints about racial remarks. Of course. And like things thrown around. Yeah. And so like, it's great that the first season where they're like, okay, we will make it so that it's more fair. Like it's more diverse. That the black people immediately were like, we're not going to target each other. Mm-hmm. This is our first chance to have somebody who looks like us win. We're not targeting right. each other. And then it went further where- one of them, uh, one of the people in the alliance named Tiffany came up with a strategy that was so effective that it literally worked. 
they are the longest standing alliance, the biggest and longest standing alliance in Big Brother history ever. Oh. Six people in an alliance who never turned on each other and made wow. it to the final six. Wow. That doesn't usually happen. People will flip and backdoor mm-hmm. people because it's like better for their personal game. Right. And for this season, it's like they knew what was, it was just too important yeah. for them to be like, we have to stick together because they didn't even all like each other. Oh, wow. It's That's what's so interesting about the season is the dynamic that a lot of them made better friends with other non-Black people. I was but, wondering about that. Yeah. Yeah. So the strategy was that each of them was supposed to cozy up to a non-Black person and then to let it be hidden. Like nobody ever found out about this alliance. Mm. They all went home and didn't know until they saw it on TV. Wow. Um, so, uh, they would put up two of them. So like you and your duo. So like uh, Xavier and Alyssa. Xavier's Black. Alyssa is like a white girl or whatever. She doesn't think that he's in this all black alliance because they're nominating him to go home as well. As her. Oh, yeah. And it's always a good strategy because people will be like, y'all are in the alliance. We don't watch all one of y'all has to go. Right, right. Because there's power in numbers. So it's like, oh, y'all have a link. We're putting y'all up. Yeah. So nobody ever suspected that they all were working together because uh-huh. it's like, well, we're besties. She doesn't really talk to them or he doesn't talk to other people that whatever, like we're closer. And so we're, they never we, saw all the black people talking amongst each other. They or... were never in the same room together. Wow. It was like one person would talk to two people. They would scatter. Yeah. One person would talk to one person. And there were like a few times where they would, some of them would falter and be like, I hate this person. Mm-hmm. I want them to leave. Yeah. And the other, another person in the cookout would have to be like, no, you know, keep it together. Like, no, mm-hmm. we're not, we're not turning on them. Like, wow. And like they would cry when their duos went home because it's like the, by the end, it's like these literally were their best friends Yeah, that they are sending home. One of them literally had to nominate her own best friend to put her on the block yeah. and send her home. Wow. And as she was explaining to her, like, girl, I have to put you up. She was mostly honest with her. She was like, I cannot. I told myself when I got here, I was not going to send home someone who looks like me mm. because we've never gotten far at all let alone to the end so I cannot be the one responsible for someone who looks like me going home and the girl's like are you in alliance with them and she's like no I just (laughs) I just don't want to send any of them home so you have to go (laughs) and she was like but she was cool she was a cool white girl she wasn't like oh my god why do I have to go like what does that matter she was actually like when she went home she was like I understand. Like, yeah, black people don't make it far in this game. Like, I can't blame her for being like, I'd rather right. send my best friend home than send a black person that I hate home. Yeah. I'm not gonna do that. Right. So I would just say that if you're a black person, like this was a really good, interesting season to watch because it's like watching a horror movie where you know the black person isn't gonna die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that everybody else is, but the black person's gonna make it. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, it's interesting even the final three and the final two it's like such interesting I've been following the tag t- today ever since I caught up just to see what people are saying and thinking and people have their opinions and stuff it's very intriguing but wow. I would definitely recommend watching Big Brother season 23 it just finished it's on Hulu 
I have Hulu live TV. Maybe that's why I can see it. I don't know. Oh, okay. And then the second thing I just want to suggest is for anybody, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to reread this book. The Four Agreements is a very good book. I've been, okay. I've been hearing about this book forever. Someone did tell me like, if you see a man and he's reading The Four Agreements. Oh wait, no, maybe that's from The Laws of Power. It's the laws of, it's got okay. the art of war or something. Yeah, something like that. It was like, she was like, red flag, don't talk to him. I was like, oh shit. So I guess it was the four yeah. agreements. No, the four agreements is not a red flag book at all. Like, okay. it's how it came up in my mind to say when we were talking about fair fighting and arguments and just like mm. how when ego is behind it, that's when emotion comes out and like whatever, whatever. Yeah. This book will literally change your life just because it's it's letting you know like what other people do is not, anything to do with you it is mm. literally their own life and their own decision making they you cannot read their minds you cannot yeah. put your ego on them and be like they're thinking about me they're doing this this is about me like it really I read it a few years ago I, I heard about it because Kid Fury used to recommend it all the time on the read. oh yeah <laughs> the four agreements the four by Don Miguel Ruiz the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz it's very good and it's that's when honestly, doing those audible yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah. It, nice. it just grounds you in mm-hmm. really understanding your place <laughs> and like that you are not on people's minds like it will if you're the kind of anxious person about being texted back within a certain amount of time or like oh my oh, gosh does everybody secretly hate me. <laughs> does everybody secretly hate me and like other people's behavior and letting that affect you and how you live your life like it's a very good book that will like calm you down and really just like again like it's like equilibrium or like equalizes whatever (laughs) I'm trying to say like it will just keep you together and like very much like put your brain back into check I think you should honestly read it every like four years or so oh wow you eventually forget what you learned and then you start taking shit personally again and like letting things upset you that shouldn't once you read it you'll get back to a place of that is their own thing and their own life story that has nothing to do with me. Oh, I'm going to read it again. It <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it now. Okay, so there are literally four agreements that you yeah. make to yourself. Okay. It's very good. Wow, okay. It's the kind of book that you end up highlighting shit in. That's how good it is. Wow, <laughs> I love it like that. Okay. I like go over it with like a pen and a highlighter like my mom does with her Bible. <laughs> <laughs> is just folded. I mean, the book is falling apart. <laughs> like I'm, I'm gonna read it again. Wow. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, my shit. I put it in my cart. Great. So that is our episode. Woo! Listen, clutch as usual. <laughs> uh, everybody have a great whichever day I release this. Yes. And I'll see you next week or not? Maybe not next week. I'm out of town next week. Oh yeah, we'll see you after that. We will see you in two weeks' time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.